This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Susanna Yi. She's a marketing expert and pioneer in the field of social media and influencer marketing. Her guest Color Me Inspired campaign went viral and Mashable named it one of five interesting Pinterest marketing campaigns. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So how did you get into the field of digital marketing? Is it something you've always been interested in or what's kind of your journey to the path you, you're at now? Uh, the journey has been just very organic and natural. Started with my interest in, I mean, the, the funny little story is, you know, when you're in fifth grade and they ask you to make a collage of something you're interested in. And I actually made a collage of um, a woman giving a presentation in front of a group of people in an office uh, doing an advertising campaign. So that was me in the fifth grade and then I kind of didn't think anything more of it because my dad's an attorney and I thought I was going to law school and then after graduating from college and working for a little bit in sales and marketing I took the LSAT and did terribly and took it again and still did terribly and then I realized I wasn't going to law school and then I realized I didn't really want to go anyways then I just kept working in sales and marketing and ended up in uh, digital marketing, sort of naturally, you know, working in different parts of marketing and found myself in digital marketing and found myself really liking social media marketing. And that's kind of how it morphed all together while at the same time starting a personal blog about fashion because I was interested in it. And also because when I had my daughter, there was no way for me to really get around easily. So I started doing a lot of online shopping, you know, diapers.com, that kind of thing in the early days of the internet. And so I started writing about where I got all my deals and things that I found without leaving the house with a newborn. And then it morphed into a fashion blog for, you know, moms and women in general. And a lot of different designers started finding out about me and asking me to write about their products. And then Eventually, uh, brands like Kate Spade were in town and said, we have, we want to give a little dinner with a bunch of bloggers. Could you gather some friends? And that became a business. And then it morphed into my social media marketing company. And that's kind of how it all began. Nice. How was it with being a mother and in the digital marketing field? Uh, it's actually really great because it gives you a lot of flexibility because even like today, I do a lot of my work when traveling. So, you know, kids are often off school. You know, the hours are 8.30 to 2.30 or uh, they have long winter breaks and long summer breaks or random long weekends. And so it's pretty tough. Like today, they have no school, right? But I'm doing an interview with you and I'm doing some calls because I can do them from whenever, wherever. I took a trip last summer and I was in Europe and the time difference was nine hours and I was able to do conference calls after going out all day in the middle of Europe. So 
that's what I like about the space. And you can work anywhere. And also you can, I have um, graphic designers and developers and uh, other social media people that I work with for my company. And a lot of them are virtual because I can find the best of the best from anywhere in the world. And they uh, can work from anywhere as well. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the digital field. That's what kind of attracted me to it as well. I mean, I got into it out of necessity, but I've been in it for 10 years and kind of grown in it. But as long as you have a uh, internet connection, you can get work done for most companies. And I think if you do work for a company, companies are becoming more flexible with uh, remote work if they trust you and things of that nature. So it's a very uh, lucrative field in terms of traveling and you know doing things on your own terms. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's for the right person who's super reliable and has a work ethic, you can get a lot of work. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, if you're working remotely versus a uh, office setting, it takes a little bit of adjustment. If you're not used to it, you have to kind of manage your time better and things of that nature. But if you're really good at your craft, you can get assignments from anywhere. Like you said, you can find the best people around the world. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, and there's a lot of downtime down um, in the office that companies should realize that they're wasting because there's a lot of office uh, cooler, water cooler stuff as you, or whatever you want to call it. So I, I really think that it's actually better for companies. No, I agree. So what's one flaw that you had in the past that you kind of taken and turned it into a great asset? Um, I would have to say oh, my one flaw that I had would be I don't really think I'm the best at showing up at the office every single day because I felt like I couldn't get everything done, you know, in the amount of time they wanted me to do because, you know, like in an AR day, people would come up to you and talk to you about 25 things or you'd be sitting in a meeting all day long, you know, so you'd waste a lot of time sitting in meetings at work and you'd discuss things and then you'd have to discuss them again and discuss them again. And I felt like there were only four productive hours in a day and then I was wondering you know am I not productive am I not getting things done you know um so in my new life I really felt like this is much better because you know you're you're sen- you're basically finishing things based on a project basis and uh you deliver on results as opposed to just FaceTime and showing up and logging hours and so that that to me was the best fundamental shift that I made in my career. Uh, once I changed that and, and said to the people that I worked with that I can really deliver on results and I can give you, you know, XYZ results based on a campaign or a project, uh, the, the results were amazing as opposed to like, you know, they want you to, they want to pay you hourly and you have to show up every single day, eight hours a day for, you know, five days a week. And then, you know, every department would come and sit and talk to you because they wanted to catch up or chat or see how your weekend was, you know, that that's like four hours of your day. No, I agree. At a previous agency, some of the days, like the Monday, the whole day was meetings um, and, and like a director or a senior director role that or talking one-on-one with your direct reports. And then in terms of like strategic tactical things, you had limited time. So you couldn't really be giving those clients the adequate care and focus that you really wanted to. Yeah, and actually there was a study recently, I wish I had remember where I found it, but it was a recent study in one of those, either Adweek or something like that, where they actually said that there are different types of people in an office and they have to be they have to be managed differently in terms of expectations. For example, like there's a manager who doesn't really 
do work. They just kind of manage people. And those people, they can sit in meetings all day long and they can check in and whatever. But then there are people like us who are producing work or creatives, you know, and these people need four hours of block time a day and they can't be interrupted all the time. And I and they, they should be put in a different area or they shouldn't be expected to show up to all meetings, that kind of thing. No, I agree. So what's kind of your uh, process when you get a client or you work with somebody? What process do you follow, whether it be social or any other kind of effort? Do you have a process that you follow specifically? Yes. So the process is initially I do a download where I have a meeting with them. Uh, The good news is, you know, some of my recent clients I've actually never even met in person and I've been hired once or twice by the same GM for companies where I have never met them in person, but I was able to work with them virtually. And you get on a Zoom call with them or a Skype or even, you know, FaceTime, whatever it is that works. Um, And we're in different time zones, but everybody calls in and has a, uh, a meeting, just like a regular meeting in an office setting, except everybody calls in and we introduce ourselves and then I give them an intro about my company and then we talk about what their challenges are and I take notes and then I go back to them in about two or three days and after investigating what they were talking about that was an issue for them and why they hired me, I give them a solution based on that and a proposal and then they uh, tell me, they they review everything and let me know what they want to start with first and how that works and then we we continuously do that. We um, get updated, we do check-ins and um, just like anything else, but uh, with with markers, you know, uh, here here's where we are now. This is where we're going to go next. What do you think? You know, that kind of thing. But the process is always the same, which is they give me what their ideas are for what should be done, and then we um, then internally have a meeting and figure out what the solution is and then present it to them. Yeah, I mean, I I follow kind of the similar process. So what kind of defines success for a client? So if you have a client besides the results, how do you make a client resign with you or come back to you? Um, Obviously, there's a lot of choices out there for agencies and consultants uh, on results Um, in terms of building that relationship. How do you nurture that relationship? I think it's just really interesting. It's just really important to uh, make sure that you are always looking at what is important to them. Sometimes a client is interested in, you know, sales results. Sometimes they're interested in web traffic results. Sometimes they're interested in branding results. Uh, Sometimes they're interested in bottom line, you know, expense results, which, you know, things change all the time. So, for example, I had a client who always called me uh, every time he changed companies. So when he was the GM of one company, he would call me in to fix, you know, some branding things before they would go into a B to C round or, you know, a C to D round for funding. And so I would come in and help them look at what was wrong in terms of branding and the cohesiveness of the marketing plan. And then we would work on fixing those. Sometimes they call you in because it's just about the bottom line, you know, the quarter, three quarters have gone by for the, for the fiscal year and then suddenly they've killed their budget and they have to fire every single agency involved and they say, well, we just need you guys to like pick up the slack for the last quarter and then go into the new quarter so that we have a deficit and they're pretty honest. They just say, you know, we're not going to use you for more than six to eight months because we really want to retain another agency again that's like huge 
because you know they like the name or whatever but for now we need to cut back on costs so then uh they're just different reasons why they call you in but um how i continue to work with these people is i always make sure that whatever their goals are we are very clear on what the goals are and we work towards those goals from the beginning no i agree and obviously like you said there's different situations in terms of how you're uh, being retained or if it's you know a renewal or whatever the relationship may be so what motivates you to succeed in terms of uh your daily life uh you know, I, I, I just really like the challenges and changes that happen in this space and they happen very quickly. Keeps things very interesting. That's the creative part of this uh, job and this industry and that's what I like about it. I think that's what's different from some of the tr more traditional fields where it's the same thing day in and day out. Um, I saw that with law uh, growing up with my dad's law practice, you know, I'd go in and it's like the same transaction over and over again. And um, as highly regarded as lawyers are, not very creative. And I didn't like that part of it. And this is what I like about this industry is, you know, you are doing technical things, but you also have to be creative about how you achieve them. No, I agree. I've actually worked with a lot of law firms in the past and like getting them to do something creative or proposing something creative. It's like, you know, pulling teeth because they're so stuck in their ways. Yeah. <laughs> so what's one piece of professional advice you can leave with the audience? I think if you are looking to become a consultant in this field, the best thing to do is to figure out what your niche is and really hone in on that skill set and make sure to sharpen those skills and market yourself that way. There is so much noise right now in the industry that you can't say, I'm a digital marketer and that's it. Because then everybody's like, well, what does that mean? It's more important to say, I do this in digital marketing or I do this in social media marketing. And, uh, and, and here's who I specifically work with and really niche down to industry and skill set within the industry and that's how you'll get noticed otherwise you're just sort of part of the pile and then there are people who say that they're doing certain things that don't do anything at all you know it's so easy to say you know I do digital marketing you know I've met so many people who um ha we've had meetings with where I'm like I don't even know what you do you know no I agree um it's at companies all sizes fortune 500s big agencies when when i go to networking events and i try to talk to about a campaign and what you actually do and it's just nothing okay. really tactical is talked about or even other agencies that i've worked with in the past when i've come in into other roles roles that are more client facing like you know account director senior account director but my background is in uh, search engine optimization where i look at what the seo team does they basically do nothing for agencies like pharmaceuticals and get paid a crazy amount of money so they're doing a disservice to a lot of these uh, industries and there's a lot of room to uh, grow and offer value. I agree with you and that that's my main concern right now every time I go in as a consultant and I look around I think uh, part of the issue is that the people who are in the jobs some of them don't actually understand what's being done for them and a lot of them are so afraid that about their jobs in general and they're not understanding what is actually being done for them or what they need that they're just entrusting all of this into um, a large agency who may or may not be doing the work, the correct work for them. And so it, it, it's definitely a little bit of a top-down problem. And I, I've seen that across the board at a lot of these large companies because some of these people in these positions are not understanding exactly what needs to be done for them. And the agencies are um, 
you know, just making sure they keep the client happy. So um, I, I think going back to being in a niche and really understanding your craft, I think if if there's any way to help improve this industry as a whole, I think everybody needs to just sharpen their skills and, and show results because what I don't like seeing is that uh, people are really selling something that they're not even going to deliver and then it gives the whole industry a bad name. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, especially SEO has a more image of kind of like snake oil salesman basically promising Mm -hmm. uh, first page rankings. If somebody comes to you specifically promising you that, they're most likely than not not genuine about what they can offer. So things like that. And I also think focusing kind of on the future and what's on the horizon. So things like voice search or, you know, voice in terms of home assistance, becoming an expert in something that's coming down the road and kind of paving your own path as well. Yeah, I agree. And yes, I agree. Voice is huge. And um, anybody who's not looking at that now is just not going to uh, grow with the industry. I mean, I was I spent like a few days with my four-year-old nephew, and the way he uses voice search on an iPad is unbelievable. You know? Yeah, little kids and technology are crazy nowadays. When I was growing up, obviously they didn't have any of this technology or you know uh, yeah. iPads, and they're all over the place in terms of like usability and the the amount that they know about technology. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I've, the only thing I'm struggling with right now is I feel like uh, there still is room for print, but not as much, you know, in terms of your blogs and, you know, writing and print and that kind of thing. Not print like a newspaper, but, you know, online, uh, you know, when you're reading an article. But I, I really think there is room for hopefully both still, but um, people have to think about it because I feel like blogs are making a comeback, but video and voice is just huge you know and people just don't don't have time to like you know comb through an article but at the same time you know if videos are long or voice like a podcast might be long it's harder for people to spend time with it unless they're driving but you know so I think there's a there's definitely a balance between you know all of that but there's room for I think there's room for all of it but uh, we'll see we'll see which wins out or if, if we can keep both going which I think both are important still. Yeah, I agree. I think it should still be a balance because, I mean, the only way that you're really communicating is with written and then image and audio and voice. Um, And then it comes down to what your message is. If your message is good, it'll be good throughout time. It's just the uh, consumption and distribution channels that will change over time. Yeah, I agree. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today. Let the listeners know how they can find you. The best way to find me would be www.learninfluencermarketing.com. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.